Welcome to Ruin a Bad Guy's Day radio podcast with fraud expert Skip Myers. This is your guide to fighting fraud and chargebacks. Learn the best fraud prevention solutions and strategies. How to enhance your fraud prevention team. And how to prosecute criminals. Now, here's your host, Skip Myers. Hey everyone, welcome to Ruin a Bad Guy's Day Radio. Hi, I'm Skip Myers. I'll be your host today. Welcome back. Always love to have you guys come back to the podcast. Can't thank you enough for all the great emails and likes we're getting on Twitter and, and all the great suggestions that you have been sending to me about future podcasts and those of you who want to be interviewed on the podcast. So that is awesome. And I promised everyone last week on the podcast that for 2019, we're going to change it up a little bit and start inviting more people to be interviewed. The actual experts in our industry, the fraud practitioners, those of you who are actually doing the work, wow, you could really lend a helping hand and spread the good news about joining the movement to ruin a bad guy's day. So I hope you guys made it through this week. The polar vortex, wow, is really cold, wasn't it? Uh, Some temperatures down minus 20 wind chill or more, depending where you were, and I hope you made it out okay. And hopefully the bad guys stayed inside to keep warm too and had a little bit slower time at trying to ruin our ba- our day uh you know and boy they they sure don't waste a lot of time in trying to get back at it so hey uh welcome again and this week is the catch of the day episode so today we want to talk about the catch of the day and today's catch of the day uh is where we highlight the Department of Justice News just recently released talking about the federal crackdown of financial fraud and ATM skimming that continues with a lot of guilty pleas. So that is awesome news coming from the Department of Justice. But before I start there, I was reading through a lot of news and what we're going to talk about today on this podcast. And I'm always looking for new items and you know looking for silly uh, criminals or bad guys or just ordinary people making just bad decisions. And just in the news this week, uh, interesting, a, a student allegedly called in a hoax bomb threat to avoid seeing his parents. I'll read the headline again. A student allegedly calls in a, a fake bomb threat to avoid seeing his parents. Well, it looks like an easy jet flight that was taking off in France had to be diverted last week because of a fake bomb threat. So on January 18th, an easy flight flight from Lyon to Rennes, France was in the air when authorities received an anonymous call, an anonymous call that suggested a bomb could be on board the plane. So after receiving that information, the pilots returned to Lyon and authorities inspected the plane, but no bomb was found. So the local authorities there in Lyon were investigating the call and said that the person behind the threat, the person that was behind this bomb threat was a 23-year-old college student in Rene's France. I wonder what he's studying out there. So anyway, allegedly he didn't want his parents who were on the flight to visit him, according to authorities. So you would think you'd go about it maybe a different way, you know, maybe just say, hey, mom, dad, you know, it's not a good time, but I don't know what he's learning in school, but apparently he just didn't want his parents to come and decided to contact the flight they were on in have a bomb threat issue to that plane. So it looks like the police took the suspect, 
this kid who didn't want his parents to show up into custody and have charged him with uh, what they call false news compromising the safety of an aircraft in flight. Seems like a long uh, charge there. How about something else that I probably can't talk about that's pretty stupid? Uh, you should think twice about doing these things and maybe uh, get to know your parents a little bit better. Maybe they need to have some counseling and therapy about being a better family and talking to each other. But anyway, uh, his court date is coming up in May. And if he's convicted there in France, a hoaxer could face up to five years in prison and a fine of nearly $85,000. Sounds like he needs some uh, psychological help, too, and some family counseling. I'm sure now he's probably bit off more than he can chew and avoiding seeing his parents. Well, that could be up to five years in prison. So not very bright. You know, amazing these news stories and what these people are thinking uh, today. So much for his college education, too. So hope everyone's having a great day and find a little humor in that. It's kind of sad. But, you know, really the catch of the day this week. Uh, I really like reading this indictment in this article from the Department of Justice. But it reads like this. So it's a federal crackdown on financial fraud and ATM skimming that continues with a lot of guilty pleas. So out of Savannah, Georgia, here in my home state, two Brazilian nationals who use bank customers' account information obtained by an ATM skimming device have pled guilty in federal court. So it looks like this individual named uh, Julio Lopez de Silva, 38 years old, pled guilty to one count of conspiracy to commit bank fraud, while Anderson Santos, 41 years of age, pled guilty to one count of aggravated identity theft in U.S. District Court there in Brunswick, Georgia, said United States Attorney Bobby Christine. Looks like De Silva, the main guy, faces up to 30 years in prison, while Santos faces a mandatory two-year sentence. Uh, and unfortunately for them, there's no parole in the federal system. You know, these two uh, were also named in September in a six-count indictment alleging their participation in a scheme that involved placing card-reading devices on ATMs to capture customer information and then using that information to encode blank cards to withdraw substantial amounts of money. So after the men were arrested in Savannah, police searched a hotel nearby where the two were staying and discovered skimming equipment and nearly $20,000 in cash. So we're going to talk a little bit more about the ATM skimming scheme and skimming devices and equipment used by these bad guys. Uh, and also, how the, how do they get $20,000 in cash? Well, you're probably thinking it wasn't the credit card, is people's debit cards. So there's a lot of different ways that they went about doing that. But this is good information to know. And as you share uh, your knowledge and experience with others to educate them about how credit card fraud and how personal identities can be compromised through sometimes the easiest means. So it looks like the guilty pleas from De Silva and Santos follow similar recent cases up and down this coastal area, all involving foreign nationals operating illegal skimmers. So here again, big credit card fraud case, uh, bad guys using skimmers and other other equipment to steal your identity and commit credit card fraud that are foreign nationals, obviously, in this country illegally. And it's sort of like a couple other podcasts where we've had similar cases of foreign nationals. In some cases, you know, sort of like uh, the Jason Bourne series. So you probably saw him when he's traveling between countries. He's filing through a deck of passports. He got all these different passports with different names and everything, you know, trying to hide his identity wherever he goes. Well, it sounds very similar here at a much larger scale. It doesn't go into details, but you can only imagine if perhaps this may be state-sponsored 
fraud, you know, from foreign nationals coming into our country. So it looks like other bad guys, including a Romanian national, pled guilty in December where he was alleged to possess 15 or more unauthorized access devices. And now he faces up to 10 years in prison. So welcome to America, pal. You know, uh, you should think twice about, you know, trying to counterfeit passports and come over here and steal our identities and our money. So good luck to you. But anyway, as the article goes on, there's several different names involved in this indictment that all part of this scheme to operate skimmers that stole customer information at gas stations. And these other individuals are now uh, connected with this group are Cuban nationals. So I wonder how they're getting together. I guess maybe it's on social media or Facebook or something. Hey, what are you doing next week? I got a skimming device or, uh, hey, I got this little, I got this stack of cardstock. Hey, I need something to imprint them on. I mean, it makes you wonder how this happens, but I know that all these bad guys communicate on the dark web and things like that. I guess birds of a feather flock together. So it looks like these cases were actually investigated by the United States Secret Service. Oh yeah, way to go guys. And local police departments around Savannah in in the coastal area of Georgia, according to the U.S. Attorney's Office. And what they say there is that these cases demonstrate the success in cooperative investigations of federal and local agencies that teamed up against those who would attempt to profit from fraud and theft. So said the District of Georgia U.S. Attorney Bobby Christine, you know, he says that law enforcement agencies and prosecutors were all working together, you know, to find these criminals, no matter what their national origin was, and they have full intent to send them to prison, which is awesome. So one of the top priorities, as you guys know, the Secret Service is, is that they combat computer-related crimes perpetrated by domestic and international criminals that target our uh, financial infrastructure. So. A uh, very important job that the Secret Service does in coordinating with local law enforcement agencies and uh, citizens just like you. So the Secret Service, too, also says that in conjunction with many retail and law enforcement partners across the United States and the world, they continually are able to successfully combat these crimes by working closely together with experts in all the f- affected sectors to can constantly refresh and adapt our their investigation methodology. So well, what are they saying? They're saying what we talk about quite a bit. And a lot of you go to the security conferences, hear a lot of different experts speak in law enforcement and so forth about the importance of partnership with not just other retailers and other merchants, but with that local law enforcement. And local law enforcement is the first place you go to establish that relationship. And from there, uh, it, can t- it can continue with the federal law enforcement agencies like the Secret Service and FBI. So if you haven't done so already, you know, have, make a contact with local law enforcement in your area and in your local jurisdiction. There will be uh, a day where you're going to get upset enough, if you haven't already, to send your case file, your big fraud investigation, to a law enforcement officer or an investigator. And they will work with you in conjunction, perhaps, with federal law enforcement authorities, depending on the magnitude and size of your fraud case, to work together to, to really put the bad guys away. And isn't that what it's all about? Isn't it time that we really turn the tables on the fraudsters? I mean, here you have another example of foreign nationals, in this case, from several different com- or countries here, uh, from Brazil and from Romania and from Cuba, coming over here illegally to do one thing, and that's to defraud you and steal your money. And who knows what the scale of this is? It could be state-sponsored uh, 
fraud or organized crime from overseas. But whatever it is, it's important that we work together to identify the threat and work with local law enforcement to ruin their day. So let's talk a little bit more about the skimming devices or how credit card skimming actually works. And a lot of people hear the terminology, but don't really understand what it really means. So credit card skimming, let's talk about this for a minute, is really just a type of credit card fraud or credit card theft where the criminals, the bad guys use a a device, a skimming device to steal credit card information that from uh, a legitimate or otherwise uh, regular looking device or equipment that looks like it's going to be a regular transaction. So it's going to look like that ATM machine. It could be at the gas pump, but they're stealing credit card information in an otherwise legitimate credit card or debit card transaction. And when a credit card or debit card is swiped through a skimmer, and again, that's skimmer is, uh, is the name for an illegal device. But you know, when you insert your credit card into the gas pump, or when you insert your credit card in the, into the ATM machine, that device captures and stores all the details stored on that credit card's magnetic stripe. So that stripe contains, as you probably know, the credit card number, the expiration date, and you, the credit card holder's full name. And that's what the bad guys want. So in the skimming mach- uh, machines that the thieves use, they use the stolen, stolen data uh, to make fraudulent charges either online or by making a counterfeit credit card. So credit card skimmers are often placed over a card swipe mechanism on the ATM uh, machine or a gas pump. So it looks real. These things are made to look real and made to fit into these devices so that you don't suspect any anything going on there. And I mean, they're well-made and and we'll talk a little bit more about these actual devices and how you get them. And yes, you can get them on the internet, but these skimmers can be placed almost over any type of credit card reader. And that's what's kind of scary. So with ATM machines, the bad guys may also place what they call, uh, what's it like a, some, uh, sometimes, well, not what they call, but it's an undetectable camera in the area. It's a covert camera. So what they're trying to do is when you're up there, so they already got the skimming machine in the, in the ATM. But if it's a debit card type scam where they're trying to find a way to, to get funds out of your account, they need your PIN number, right? It makes sense. So uh, a lot of these cases involve the bad guys putting a small covert camera nearby so they can see you entering your PIN number. So this gives the bad guy all the information they need to make cards and withdraw cash from your checking account. Kind of scary, right? So sometimes uh, to certain retailers and restaurants, those people that work there, if they're crooked, handle credit cards uh, and they are recruited sometimes by a skimming fraud ring, organized crime in your area, in this case, foreign nationals that are bad guys. And, and these workers, and sometimes it's restaurants and retailers that uh, transact in a high volume of credit card transactions, um, the bad guys in those locations sometimes have a handheld skimming device. So they use that. You hand the card to them to pay for your meal. The waiter or waitress leaves. They have a small handheld device. They skim your card uh, through this device. It looks like a normal transaction. And at that time, they've stolen all the information on your magnetic stripe. So for example, you know, as I said, you know, so often we take it for granted. You hand over your card to a waiter or waitress, you know, to pay for the check at the restaurant. They leave, they walk away with your credit card. 
And if they're part of the skimming ring, they're dishonest and so forth. This is a great opportunity for them to swipe that car through that skimmer without being detected. You, you won't know otherwise. And once they have your credit card information, once it's been stolen by these bad guys, the bad guys then will either one, create cloned credit cards, uh, counterfeit credit cards to make purchases in a physical store and use the account to make online purchases because they have that information, as you know, that's all they need uh, to make an online purchase. Or they sell the information that they just stolen from you on the internet, the dark web. Not always have to be the dark web. There's other sites on the internet that anyone can go to and pay for your stolen information. So victims of credit card skimming schemes you know, quite often we're not aware of the theft even took place or where it happened, but it's it's not until we notice some unusual charges on our account, our bank statement, or our credit card bill. So it's very important uh, to talk about why it's, again, still so important to look at your statements when they come in on a monthly basis and, and look for any suspicious activity and question that with your bank or credit card issuer so you can stop that in its tracks. And a lot of the questions that the fraud investigator or your bank may ask if there is a suspicious transaction on your credit card statement or from your bank account, in this case, the bank account would probably be related to a debit card transaction where the bad guys did uh, steal your personal information in your PIN number and there's a cash withdrawal or at the credit card company, they don't ask you the same kind of questions. Uh, you know, do you still have your card in your possession? And 99% of the time you would say, yes, you do, because the bad guy, all he did was steal your information off the magstripe through the skimmer. And the next question that the bank or fraud investigator at the card company would probably ask you is, where was the last place you used your credit card? So what they're trying to do is reverse engineer the fraud and determine at what location was your card used when it left your presence? Sort of like the restaurant scenario. Someone you know, took your card, you gave it to them to pay for a meal, and they left and they skimmed uh, your credit card. So that kind of tells the fraud investigators what may be going on a particular retail or restaurant location that were other um, cases that they may be working. Uh, the commonalities may be related to that location uh, similar to yours. This, that's some very helpful information. So, you know, really pay attention to your accounts and really pay attention when you do go to different ATMs and gas stations. It's very important for you to be aware. And there's some simple tips I want to just talk about, kind of like what to look out for, just just so you're aware, you know, to to be uh, cognizant and again, aware of what the potential is to have your information compromised through an ATM or uh, gas station skimming device. So skimming uh, devices are pretty much overlay devices. They're devices that are placed over the credit card slot. So the card slot that goes in the gas pump there or the ATM machine. So it's just an overlay. It's a device that looks like it fits just fine. And so when your card is inserted into that overlay device, into that slot, that ATM or gas pump slot, that device records all the credit card information on that magnetic stripe. And we talked about that before, your name, your full name, uh, the credit card number and expiration. In this case too, the skimming technology or what they call shimming technology is 
where the bad guys have developed this technology called, and they call it shimming, and they come up with all kinds of crazy words, right? So it's where they install a very thin card-sized device with a microchip inside that card slot. And that device, you can't see it from the outside of the ATM. But when you stick your card inside that slot, it steals the information that allows that thief then to clone your card. So just some more technology that's out there. And the other thing too is keypad overlay. So you're at the ATM machine and what they've done is they've developed a keypad uh, and this is an overlay over the, the regular keypad, but it's a device that looks like a keypad and placed over the ATM's actual keypad that captures your pin uh, when it's entered. So that's a debit card situation. And in this case, so we just talked about with the Department of Justice indictments and these guilty pleas in this big case. A lot of this was involving credit, uh, not just credit cards, but debit cards where these bad guys were able to get the pin numbers to withdraw cash. So what's the other way they do that? Uh, sort of talked about it briefly before, but little tiny cor- covert cameras located nearby an ATM or even a gas pump, I guess, when you're enter- entering your card and it's a debit card, they're trying to steal your PIN number. So those cameras are used in conjunction at that time with that skimming or shimming device. And so that camera that's placed near that location of that ATM is there to record when you punch in your PIN number. So they're you know, capturing that information so that later they can take out funds from your bank account. So, you know, a lot of times too, what's interesting through the years that I've been doing this uh, long ago, this has been going on a long time, same sort of scenario where bad guys can imprint credit card mag stripes with your stolen credit card information is that today with the evolution of technology, including Bluetooth technology and Wi-Fi, now some of these skimming devices are actually Wi-Fi or Bluetooth compatible. So someone nearby uh, has a receiving device that uh, an app or a computer on, uh, you know, on their computer or their phone, and they're actually receiving transmitted information from that skimming device. So they're kind of nearby, which means they don't have to go back to that actual location to receive, retrieve that skimming device piece of equipment. It's just being relayed to them uh, through a Wi-Fi or Bluetooth connection on an app that they may have. That's pretty sophisticated. Went down to some of these bad guys, these foreign national guys had some sort of technology like that too. So what's uh, scary about this, if you haven't already and it's out there on the web, just Google ATM skimming device and you'll see all kinds of hits that come up with all kinds of different products out there where you can buy one. Please don't do this. Don't recommend it whatsoever unless you want to be part of an indictment at a future date. But they're readily available. And it's crazy that that's, that still happens. But though, that's been going on for several years. So that's just one piece of the equipment for making clone cards or counterfeit credit cards with other people's stolen information. You need card stock. Well, Google credit card card stock for sale and you'll see card stocks, credit card plastic cardstock for sale in different quantities, 100 packs, 250 packs, 500 packs, and that's for sale too. So if you're going to steal someone's credit card information, you need a card to print it on. Well, guess what? You can go to Google and buy that too and find a company that sells that stuff. So what else do you need? Well, you need you need a device that will imprint that stolen information on that cardstock that you just purchased. Guess what? You can get an imprinting machine that will transfer that information onto that magnetic stripe on that cardstock you just purchased. So now you have a full-blown counterfeit clone card with someone else's identity on it. And 
This is nothing new. Bad guys have been doing this forever. It's important that you as the fraud investigator and the fraud prevention expert understand the potential impact that this kind of technology has on not just you, but other people. So when you see card credit card fraud cases come in, ask those same kind of questions. I, I do sometimes too. I talk to people all the time and they'd say their card was compromised or used at a location that they've never been to or ever even heard of before. And again, I ask the same questions that the fraud investigators at the banks or credit card companies do. Do you have your card in your possession? And sometimes they don't. Their purse or wallet was stolen. That's an, that's an easy one. Bad guy or any bad guy can get that card and go basically any to any physical location and use that card. But if they still have their card in their possession and their card's been used somewhere else, good chance it's been skimmed somewhere or their information was stolen off the dark web or the internet that was um, posted for sale with their information to the highest bidder. But it's just good information to know. So just take some time, educate yourself, and it's a little eye-opening when you go to the web and you search for those type of products, how easy it is to get the right kind of equipment to steal other people's information identity through ATMs or gas pumps. So what can you do? What can we do at least to stop this and slow it down? And again, it all starts with awareness and education. So whenever you go up to an ATM machine, watch for signs that that ATM may have been altered in any way. And again, it starts with that card slot. You know, does that ATM have parts that, that just don't fit right? I mean, are they crooked? Are they misplaced? Are they kind of damaged? I mean, we should really look at that. I mean, I, I know I do. I'm always kind of paranoid about these things. But when you insert your card, especially in an ATM machine, for instance, that is a little bit more secluded, it's a little bit out of the way. It may be an, a standalone ATM machine that's, you know, uh, at a sporting event or a concert. It's not part of a bank or inside of a bank wall on the outside or inside. So those would be things where it would make it easy for a fraudster to install a skimming device. But again, it's it may not always be that well installed and it could be somewhat um, noticeable if you look at it close enough. In other words, again, it could be crooked or sort of misplaced or a little off. So look, look for those things and any signs of potential tampering with that ATM machine. So sort of talked about it just now, uh, just, you know, I would always recommend visiting uh, when you need some money out of that ATM, a high traffic or high profile ATM, you know, ATMs that are in areas that are high traffic and high lit areas, you know, in stores and lobbies and, and, and shopping centers and the malls, you know, and, and again, where there's a lot of people around, you know, they're, they're definitely more safer than those standalone units I just spoke about. So remember, those bad guys, those scammers want to stay you know, out of view. They want to be uh, invisible when they're installing these skimming devices. They don't want anybody to see that. So that's how they get away with this. They're able to do it usually in these secluded standalone ATM machines or the gas stations that are kind of secluded uh, are easy targets for the scammers to install these skimming devices so that they can collect your information. So another simple one, you see this sometimes on ATMs or at the gas pump, but cover your hand when you're entering your PIN number. I know I do. I mean, there's so many people around. Why wouldn't you do that? So that's, that's a great safe safety tip there. You know, you should always do that even when you don't see anybody around. I mean, who knows? Might be that little sneaky camera nearby uh, logging in every uh, stroke you put on that keypad for your PIN number. You just want to make sure you make it more difficult. So, um, you know, always be sure to to look around behind you, you know, be, be observant of your surroundings. I can't tell you how many times I'm at the airport sometimes. I'm at an ATM machine and there's so many people around me. 
I mean, I'm going to cover my pen, my hand over the pen pad. I'm going to look around, make sure no one's trying to eavesdrop into what I'm trying to do, you know, entering my personal information. So I want to obscure their ability to see my pen that I'm entering into that machine. So just, again, be observed of your surroundings. You know, try to stand directly right there in, in front of the ATM, you know, and while you're using, just kind of, you know, put your head on a swivel and look around and make sure someone's not looking over your shoulder. So those are some great tips. Remember those things. Nothing too paranoid or too hard to do, but a great safeguard that you can use and that you can pass along to other people with your family and or at work. So all this is about ruining a bad guy's day. You know, I want a good shout out to the United States Secret Service in conjunction with local law enforcement agencies here in Georgia. What a great bust putting these guys in jail for stealing your identity and stealing our money. I mean, I can't tell you this is a great way to start this podcast and really put a a shout out about how important it is to partner with your local law enforcement agency and, and other retailers and organizations to share this information so the bad guys will target somebody else, hopefully go back home to wherever they came from. Hey guys, a great shout out to everyone who's been sending out in, in emails and leaving voicemails about their comments about the podcast. Thank you so much. It's been very inspirational and, and very positive. I'm really jazzed about going forward through 2019. You know, I said last week in the last podcast, some new stuff's coming up. We're going to be interviewing some fraud practitioners, real fraud experts, investigators, directors of fraud. You know, really start really picking people's brains about how they ruin a bad guy's day, how they collect this information, and how they really look at it, and how they change their methodologies for investigating these crimes, and really understanding and get the awareness out amongst their organization and others, so that we can work better together and partner to ruin a bad guy's day. Hey, hope you liked the podcast. If you did, hey, go to Twitter at Ruin a Bad Guy's Day, Facebook at Ruin a Bad Guy's Day and like us. We really appreciate your comments and feedback. And also, uh, Ruin a Bad Guy's Day Radio is now on uh, Apple iTunes. We're on YouTube and we're also on Stitcher and TuneIn networks so that if you want to download those apps on your mobile device for free, it's a great way to listen to the podcast. Hey, everybody, have a great week and we'll talk to you soon and ruin a bad guy's day. Thanks for listening to Ruin a Bad Guy's Day radio podcast with Skip Myers. If you liked our show, please tell your friends and colleagues. You can learn more about us at ruinabadguysday.com or visit us on Twitter and Facebook at Ruin a Bad Guy's Day. Join us for another episode of Ruin a Bad Guy's Day radio podcast. The information provided in Ruin a Bad Guy's Day radio podcast is for informational purposes only. It should not be considered legal or financial advice. You should consult with legal counsel or other professionals to determine what may be best for your individual or organizational needs.